You've attended council hearings in person. You've tuned in to our televised proceedings on Channel 13. Now, you have the chance to listen to us on the radio as we demystify the work of the people who do it. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council with your host, Josh Gibson. Thank you, deep voice person with a funky backbeat. Indeed, this is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. You can't have a government without a council, so you can't have a government radio station without a council show. This is it. We're coming to you from the train track enclosed nerve center and headquarters of the Office of Cable TV, Film, Music, and Entertainment, which is also the historic headquarters of Black Entertainment Television. So it's an honor to be here. Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to celebrate this thing called the Council. I'm Josh Gibson, Director of Communications for the Council. You may also know me as the Council's voice on social media, at Council of DC. If you don't follow us already, get with the program. Here at the Council, our communications goal is to engage with residents in an informative, conversational, and sometimes even enjoyable way. You know if you follow us on Twitter, we're believers in the Mary Poppins School of Communications. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. We want to make it easy for average residents to understand what the Council does. We're demystifying our work and the people who do it. Remember, the D.C. Council is just like your workplace, except with a dais. On the show, we'll try to keep things light, offbeat, informal, and interesting. You'll learn about policy, learn about people, learn about history, and learn about the institution. If you're a frequent listener, you know we've nearly wrapped up our first and second round interviews with council members. They're available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Those focus mainly on getting to know the council members, their backgrounds and biographies, their successes and struggles. Now in our third round, we're going to focus more on the people at the council, colleagues, co-workers, community leaders, and the like. Uh, and a disclaimer, in the second and this third round, we're sharing the questions a little bit in advance so the council members could prep if they wanted to. And council members can always pass on a question if they choose to. So, uh, without any further ado, let us welcome back uh, Councilmember Brianna Doe of Ward 1. Thank you. I, I got a question for you. Are there actually people... Wait, whose radio show no, is no, this? No, 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 no. This is personal privilege. Are okay. there actually people who do not follow Council of DC on Twitter? Um, there are. There are. I, here's the way I look at it. Is there's, whatever, 700,000 people in DC. Not all of them are on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out, like, what is the number of followers I should want to have? Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously not everyone's into local politics. No, but you should want all of them. I do. So here's my plug. Okay. Follow at Council of DC for your uh, council news, entertainment, history, and all-around good times. Thank you. Because there are how many residents in Ward 1, roughly? Around 80,000. Yeah. So frankly, if just those listen, I should be good. Yeah. I don't think all my people are on Twitter. Um, but, you know, for those who are, it's a good way to get updates. And it's I like the factoids. Um, those are good. A little trivia. Yeah. We're, we're falling off the wagon a bit with the trivia. It's oh. a lot of work, and it doesn't get a lot of likes and retweets. But Well, um, I hope that we're liking and retweeting. Um, I tend to like and retweet whatever you do, but... Um, also, I want to thank you for the recent birthday wishes. Oh, of course. Of course. But I, you threw me off because I figured you wouldn't have cake because uh, past listeners know that you have issues with cake, I think which is a great band name, Issues y- with Cake. You may be overstating the point. When you ask someone to rank their desserts, something has to be last. 
It's true. It's true. But and I'm I'm blanking on the exact quote. But it was cake can be problematic sometimes, <laughs> or cake can be an issue. Well, it it's not always good. That's true. That's true. A few things in life are. Yeah. But well, as you might have already determined from the the high uh, and easy quality of the banter, uh, <laughs> this is Councilmember Nadeau's third time on the show, and each round of the show, she has been the inaugural guest. So she is either um, very brave, uh, very kind, or very foolish, I or some combination. I think of the my three. scheduler is just very efficient. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> speaking of cake, the the very large, extravagant cake that I sent to your scheduler seems to have paid off. Yeah, well, she does like cake, especially anything with cats. Just for anyone trying to get to Maricela's heart, cats. Cat cake. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> I was thinking on top, like the okay. icing I see. cat De- de- likeness, not actual cat. De- decoration, not ingredient. Gross. Yeah, gross. Okay. Um, so uh, anyway, so we're talking about people. Yep. And the, the, the first question, because I was thinking about people, uh, a few things came to mind. Um, people. People who need people are the luckiest people in the world. Soylent Green is people. Yeah. What and, else? Uh, people are people by Depeche Mode. That's a good one. Um, and Everyday People oh. by Sly and the Family Stone. That's nice. Which I tweeted out the other day is one of those things. I didn't realize it was a song. Mm-hmm. I heard it as a jingle on TV oh. on a commercial. And yeah. then I was so embarrassed when I found out that it was a song well, being repurposed. You two are human. That's true. Um, so anyway, people. People. Let's talk about a role model of yours. Okay. And, and I'd like to talk about... Um, if we could, one who's kind of a role model in your personal life, like mm-hmm. someone you personally knew, mm-hmm. and then kind of the traditional, you know, uh, historical figure or that kind of role model. Sure, absolutely. Um, so, in my personal life, um, a person who has uh, gone on to the next world, uh, who died um, last year, uh, Sylvia Robinson, who uh, lived on Euclid in um, the the house across the street from Banneker Senior High School, which um, became the em- Emergence Collective Arts uh, Community Center. And um, she was a person who always put others before her. I got to know her first when I was on the Advisory Neighborhood Commission, and she um, really put on my radar the need for investment in the people and the businesses uh, along the Georgia Avenue corridor. Um, and she and, and another uh, neighbor created what's called the um, Georgia Avenue Community Development Task Force. Um, and she uh, she just, um, she lived her dream for one. I mean, back in college, it was her dream to um, create a community center that she lived above and run programming. And she did that. Um, and so it's always um, really inspiring to see somebody doing what they always dreamed they would do. Um, but she also just was incredibly selfless. I mean, I can't think of a time when she asked for anything that was for her. Um, it was always for others. And um, that, to me, really is uh, that's inspiring and also something that I carry with me. I mean, the people who've inspired me in my life are really always people who are doing things for others. So, yeah. And what kind of actions have you have been inspired by, by Sylvia? So um, that you've taken. So when I decided to run for DC Council, um, probably six years ago now, seven years ago, um, she was one of the first people that I talked to about that. 
And she said, well, I'm going to take you on a walk. And so we walked up and down Georgia Avenue and went into businesses and talked to people. And um, it was that that really helped me understand the need to support all those businesses. And so that was why I decided to create the Main Street program and the clean team for Georgia Avenue that we didn't have before. Um, But also, she and I were in the trenches together starting in 2014 in bringing um, the promise to the people of Park Morton. Um, They're part of a new communities project where their public housing that they live in is going to be redeveloped into beautiful new housing for them, but also um, adding affordable housing for others um, and market rate housing for yet others. Um, And it's something that's been promised to them since the Williams administration. And so I said, you know what, I I want to be council member so I can do things like this. Um, And it's been hard and we're not there yet because now we're in court over it, but... um, Every step of the way, I've 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 kept my my end of the deal and my promise and and the thing that you know that she um, helped me understand, which was that um, our residents all deserve dignity and dignified housing, especially the ones that we're um, we're caring for in our own housing. So, yeah. And how does it work with with things like new communities? Where do the folks, I know plans are in place for this, but where do folks go during construction? Great question. So the, the one of the pillars of new communities is actually to build first. And so um, it requires, in this case, another site um, where we can put up housing um, and the Park Morton residents wait in their current units while those are being built and then they get to move into them. So... We got. Over, I know we got a little more into the policy than you usually like to get here, oh, but this is all, a really big one for it, me. So. No, I'm going deeper. Yeah. Um, how do you find a, an adjacent place where you can build first? Great that, question. That seems unlikely. It's hard, and that's one of the reasons that this project's been delayed so long. So the way that we started off in 2006 was by saying to the bidders, you have to find a parcel, you have to acquire land. Um, and at that time in the corridor, there was no public land. Um, but then um, there was a school that was closed down, um, the old Bruce Monroe School, and then it was demolished. Um, and ultimately, that meant that that site became available for public use. Um, so it's it's in the interim become a park. Um, and so when we are um, building on this site, we're going to preserve about half the park, and then the other half of the site will be housing for seniors, for families, and um, um, people of varying incomes. So. But yeah, we had having our own land helped. So ultimately, this probably says more about me. It definitely says more about me than it does about you. But when you said bitters, I yeah. thought cocktails. <laughs> I no, thought like patios, with a D. Uh, bitters. Bitters. Okay. Um, so back to the role model, believe it or not, question, which hmm. got us going on this uh, yeah, yeah, consciousness yeah. Uh, yeah. role. So do you have any any non-role models you haven't met, historical figures, uh, national figures? It's okay to say no. No, I do. Um, someone that I still hope to meet someday. Um, I'm right here. <laughs> of course, so it goes without saying, I should have said top of this interview that Josh Gibson is one of my all-time heroes. Um, it's going to be my new ringtone. Yeah, cool. Um, so uh, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, actually. Hmm. So she um, has been a mom the entire time she's been senator and actually has given birth several times while in office. And so it, as, a, as somebody who 
at the time was pursuing office and hoping to be able to do that and have a family. Um, reading her book and seeing the way that she did it actually was really inspiring. And was she the one who ran for Hillary Clinton's mm-hmm. seat in New York? Exactly, yeah. And and do you? she's been rumored to have presidential aspirations. Yeah, know? I'd be okay with that. I mean, I think she's been great on um, sexual assault issues. Um, she's really led the charge in terms of reforming um, the military and how they deal with that. And I think these are really important issues. And um, sometimes it takes women in office to highlight them. I mean, you know that I am the one who um, led on the Street Harassment Prevention Act. Um, and the more that more women we have in office, um, the more we have people thinking about these issues in, in public policy. And that's I've spent a lot of my energy um, over the years um, supporting organizations and supporting women that um, that are running for office. So, yeah. um, well, let's drill down a bit closer to uh, council, since technically that's what the show is about. Oh yeah, it is. Um, let's talk about. The, the, the general public, other than maybe some of the activists, don't get how uh, council works, how the offices work behind the scenes. It's probably so, better for them. <laughs> right, the whole sausage Too making, far behind uh, the scenes. Right. <laughs> um, so why don't you talk to us about a couple behind the scenes uh, heroes, either in your own office or the fact that there's you know folks who work for the council in general. Um, again, besides you. Right, right. Okay, so... The person that keeps the whole council running, not the chairman of the council. I knew you thought I, you, you thought I was going to say that, right? No. Oh no, I I didn't. But the <laughs> listeners may have. Uh, the secretary of the council, Nyasha Smith. Right. Um, Nyasha has one of the most thankless jobs in government. Her job is to wrangle thirteen duly elected officials, who are their own authorities. Um, you could not pay me enough to do that job. And she does it well, and with a plum, and with a lot of patience. And um, she's the reason the council runs, so. It's true, It's it's. A, I report directly to her, so of course I can't say enough <laughs> kind and generous <laughs> and plentiful things. Uh, but yeah, she's sort of the chief operating officer of the council, so in addition to the council member wrangling, she is the one who keeps the place running. Right. You exactly. Know, every every single element. And so she has to deal with the very high level things like ensuring that we have what we need to run a legislative session, but also the really annoying things like um, we're reinforcing the floors and it's going to be loud and all 13 council members are going to call and yell at me at certain points in the day and say, why is it so loud in here? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Um, and I'm sure you'd be uh, hesitant to highlight any particular members of your own staff, but... Uh, any uh, unsung heroes there? Well, we already talked about Maricela and the cake and right. cats. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the heroes in our in my office are, are the uh, constituent services team because they're the ones who help when people are in need. And, um, you know, a lot of people think about the legislative work we do, uh, and that's really, really important and at the heart of our jobs. But the constituent services piece... Um, that's people's lives every day as well. So, um, you know, today we've got a call from somebody who's been hospitalized and is at risk of eviction, right? So my constituent services team is going to find the resources to help prevent that person from being evicted. That's the kind of stuff that we deal with every day. And this may be drilling down too much, but how do they track all the concerns? Do you have 
project mm. management software? We do. Or we have, a- um, yeah, we do. We use IQ, um, which is a database, actually, um, that has some other functionality. And um, I used it back on the Hill when I worked on the Hill. And um, it's great because it can track open cases. It can track how long they've been open. I get a weekly report on everything that we've received and what's taking a long time. And what's great about that is when I see a trend, I can alert the agency director. Uh, when I see a certain agency has a lot of open cases, um, I can also alert you know them that, that we're having a backlog. Um, and you would not be surprised to know that there are a few that we have trouble with. Can, can you, uh, maybe it'd be easier to focus on a success story than a, than a problem, but can you <laughs> highlight uh, something that the data has popped, uh, you know, uh, yeah. elevated in terms of your attention and you were able to see something that you wouldn't have seen without the data? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, it typically has to do with response times. I don't see a ton of trends on um, type of issue per se. Um, you know, for example, if someone requests uh, something like, I don't know, like a trench drain, for example, and right. I can see how many days open that case has been, um, then I can say there might be a problem within DDOT, um, you know, because they're not giving this type of case a certain amount of attention, the right amount of attention. Yes. I believe that one has been open for about 1,600 days. Perhaps. Yes. That is a, uh, you know, I, I'm not just uh, the hair club president. I'm also a member uh, <laughs> of Ward 1. I, right. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Ward 1 <laughs> constituent. So, uh, you know, but we won't talk about that on the radio because that would be inappropriate. Um, <laughs> so, um, so can you talk to me about, um, you know, you spoke about a role model. Can you highlight anyone who you see as sort of an up-and-comer in, in local politics, uh, community, does that be local politics, but community leadership? Sure. Um, well, you know, I always think of um, our advisory neighborhood commissioners as the pipeline for our leadership in, in D.C. And our civic associations, too, actually. Uh, and that's one of the reasons that I've been, I've always tried to do a lot of recruitment in the community to say, everybody run for office, you know, get a feel for it, see, you know, what, what you want to do, because unlike Jack, I'm probably not going to do this forever. Um, Jack being my colleague who's on the council for 28 years and loves it. Uh, I asked him the other day um, if he was thinking about retiring anytime soon, and he said no. So um, 28 years going on, I don't know what, but we love him. Um, in any case, um, so my ANCs are a great um, pipeline. Um, they're like I like I said earlier. I'm always thinking about women and elevating women. Um, and so uh, when I think of a standout ANC, I would say um, ANC one A Commissioner Angelica Castagnon, um, who's actually uh, represents the heart of Columbia Heights and. Uh, has taken on doing a lot of incredible work training constituents on um, uh, public safety issues, but from a grassroots perspective, not just calling 911, but how to provide support um, and how to do interventions. And um, she leads a a monthly walk um, where she goes around and provides water and blankets and talks to people um, sleeping on the street to, to connect them with services. Um, it's really above and beyond anything I've ever seen an ANC do. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of the interesting thing about being an ANC. It's a glass half full, glass half empty. Glass half empty is you have no power 
and and uh, you know it is what you make of it. So basically, you you can do stuff like that. You know, you can right. organize community walks. You can. I was an ANC decades ago. Mm-hmm. And did like a 300-item punch list of every single thing that was wrong in the SMD Mm -hmm. and handed it off to the agency directors and was like, fix my SMD, here's how. That's great. And it was, I mean, it was nuts, but it was... But in a good way. You can do that because, (laughs) you know, there aren't the specific limits. And you're a duly elected official. And, you know, what you're working on should be important to other government officials. And so that's great. When I was in ANC, my big focus was on vacant property. And I have this list of vacant properties um, that eventually resolve themselves one way or another. But, you know, I spent, I I can't even count how many Tuesdays at the Board of Condemnation um, dealing with some of these buildings. Got to know everybody there very well. Um, And that was a huge focus for me. And I was in um, Meridian Hill area where we didn't have a single liquor license in the SMD. So, um, you know, I got to focus on other issues, which was was good. I was on the Adams Morgan ANC, so we, we had a, a liquor license or two. <laughs> um, now, how about, uh, let's talk about a constituent who has impacted you emotionally. Oh. Someone that you just really took a mm. either a happy, happy hit from a success, maybe an unexpected success, or a sad hit of just someone who was forced to deal with terrible things. And um, Yeah. Well, um I'll tell you about Elaine. So Elaine um, came to me this year with a struggle that she was having. um, And she wanted to tell me her story, not for me to help her, but to help others like her. Um, So Elaine um, married sort of the boy next door um, and realized after um, the birth of her first child that he was not a good guy. He was abusive and he um, tried to harm her and um, she needed to leave and get out of the marriage and she did. Um, And then realized that because she was the primary breadwinner, she would have to pay him alimony. She'd have to pay her abuser alimony and um, spousal support and part of her retirement benefits um, and so she got a lawyer and you know started working with the courts um, but realized that there was a flaw in our system and so earlier this year I introduced Elaine's law which would fix that um, so that nobody else who's going through this would have to deal with that again I mean you should have the right to a speedy divorce when you're being abused when you've been the victim of violence and you should not have to continue having a relationship with that person or financially support them. And uh, I was really surprised to find that our law allowed for that. Yeah, I mean, it's literally like a Twilight Zone episode right. where uh, you know we're we're in a situation where thankfully women are primary breadwinners mm-hmm. in couples, but yeah. the fact that from that success would be this loophole, negative mm-hmm. loophole. Yeah where you're forced to support the person who assaults you yeah. is just um, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Um, but she's tough, and she's inspiring. And she said, I'm going to be okay, but please, can you help others with my story? And I said, yes, that we can do. So that legislation's pending, so um, if we don't get it done this council period, we'll reintroduce it next year. 
Yeah. Well, you've you've managed to come up with a story that's both a sad and a happy story. Exactly. <laughs> sad, sad in the, the genesis and well, hopefully uh, happy in the solution. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, we're starting to run short on time, and I'm actually very excited about the, the third. I always have to create the closeout questions, and oh, you're always no. the first person. So this could go terribly, but I'm leaving a little extra time for the closeout questions. Um, basically, what I have a list here is, um, which of your colleagues would you pick to have with you when? And a list of different uh, tasks to get a sense of who you think would be the best council colleague to do these various okay, things. Okay, so you're going to give me the list, or I have to come I'm up gonna with it? I'm going to give them? you the list. Okay, and if you want to volunteer something, No, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you right now that if I had to go to the gates of hell with somebody, it would be Alyssa. If I had to get through, that's who I would take. Okay. But I will take the rest of your prompts. Okay, and do you, do you want to do you want to talk that out a little? Because because well, the, the the rationale the the decision is one thing, but the hearing the rationale sometimes is half the fun. So you know, um, we joke a lot because we're both the Jewish members on the council, and people sometimes confuse us, which is funny because we don't really look alike. Um, but we're both women. We're both progressive. We both came on the council at the same time, so it's not totally crazy to confuse us. Um, but we're different people, and um, I don't think either of us came in thinking we would um, be working together quite as much as we were because politically we're slightly different, you know. I'm, um, and uh, I just have I've had to do so many big and hard things as human services chair and as Ward One council member, and she's just always had my back, and I've been thrilled to also support her on huge things like paid family leave. So that's the way I think about it. Gotcha. Okay, well, from the sublime to the ridiculous, which okay, is the, the subtitle go. of the show. Okay. Um, with which council member would you like to, uh, or do you think you would do the best job uh, assembling IKEA furniture? Oh, definitely, Robert. Okay, and why? I, I just I feel like he, you know he's very organized and on it, and also always willing to help. Okay. So I think he could be suckered into it for a very low price, like a beer. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, who would you like to go to a speed networking event with? Hmm. Speed networking. Maybe Brandon. Brandon, because he's very fun and social, and I think he'd, he'd be in on that. The gift of gab. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, fighting off barbarians. Oh. Um, Mary. Okay. Yeah, Mary's one of my feistiest colleagues. I feel like she and I could take down some barbarians. Yep, and if you beat cancer, you can beat barbarians. That's hands down. Uh, okay, how about driving cross-country? Oh, I'm trying to think of whether David and I would kill each other, but he's very interesting. So what, what, what would you get from a cross-country uh, trip with David Grasso? You know, uh... Probably uh, some philosophy. Yeah. Um, you know, some good. Because he was a philosophy major undergrad, wasn't he? I don't know, but he, he. I think he was. He he is a philosophical human. I'll give him that. Also, a lot of good international travel stories. I think. Yeah. From David. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, came on, and and when I said uh, that he could uh, tell a joke. He yeah. had a very good uh, three-legged pig joke. Oh, I'll have to ask about uh, that. Well, he grew up in the country, so that doesn't yeah. surprise me. He was he raised the pigs. Like right. that was his job on the farm. Yeah. So, um, 
Okay, how about compiling a musical playlist? Oh. Whose musical taste would you be most interested I don't, in? I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know if I, I don't know. I be, I'll tell you this. The person I would be most interested to know more about their musical taste would be Phil Mendelssohn, but I'm not sure if I'd like it. Yeah. I think he just listens only to the classical composer Mendelssohn. He's very self-centered. <laughs> See, I think you're making There's that up. There's an H in there. But, uh, yeah, I think you're making that up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is interesting, though, that, that he does know all of the, um, uh, like, wedding dances. Oh. Like, I've seen him Can at community events, like, electric slide. Don't know, about, don't know about wobble. I have never been able to get the wobble down. But the, the kind of traditional one to two decade old wedding dances. Like the electric slide. I've seen like in parades and stuff. So that, that I have to admit surprised the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll do, we have just time for one or two more. Um, filing your taxes. Jack. Yeah. That's a no-brainer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought that might be what you said, but I uh, wasn't sure. Um, and last but not least, um, who would you bring home to meet your family? Not in the traditional yeah, 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 just for fun. Way, but like, I'm not sure I'd want any of them to have to deal with my family. That seems really rude. But let's see. I don't. Oh, you know, Kenyon. Kenyon's one of my favorites, and I haven't. He, you know, he and David on a road trip together would be great. But I would love for him to meet my family. Yeah, I absolutely am going to buy the sitcom rights to the, like, you know, subcommittee of the council drives cross-country. <laughs> Antics ensue. <laughs> not sure it'd be as interesting as you think, but... Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Um, so are there any other um, sort of oddball council member colleague you would pick for a specific job, or, or otherwise we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap, because we're just about out of time? No, I think I'm going to leave it there. Okay. But if you think of any offline afterwards you'd like me to ask colleagues about those who follow in your footsteps in round three of hearing the council share them with me and I'll, I'll put them on the spot sounds good so um unfortunately we are out of time um but thank you again deeply from my heart for being the uh, the guinea pig of hearing the council three times now um and breaking in the questions for your co-workers <laughs> Uh, tune in next time, listeners. We're at DC Radio at 96.3 on your HD4 dial or at dcradio.gov. I'm Josh Gibson. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>